Time to express yourself. Where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be the Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. Happiness is not by chance, but by choice. Jim Ron. Hello, and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people, a platform to give teens a voice, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be the Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Star You Are wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit btsya.org. That is btsya.org. Every dollar counts and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music, iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Hello, I'm Ruhani, your host for today's show. And this show is going to be a great one. It's all about how to stay positive. And in segment two, I'll be interviewing Masavi Kumar, a life coach who will be telling us how to practice positive self-talk. In segment three, reporter Kevin Chu will be informing us on how AI can help us with staying positive. And right now, I'll be giving my advice on how to stay positive and also reading a poem of mine. Let's get started. I really like the theme of this show because I'm actually about to embark on a new chapter in my life. In a week from now, I will have moved into college. And during high school, I would say I definitely struggled with having more of a positive mindset. But now that I'm more grown up and I'm you know, starting college, I really want to spend my next four years with a more refreshed mindset. And a lot of people um, don't really understand why it's so important to have this kind of rejuvenated, optimistic thought process. And here are the reasons why. So one, for your mental and emotional well-being, a positive outlook can contribute to better mental and emotional health. So it will reduce stress, anxiety, and depression, which of course, are common challenges faced by many teenagers. I remember my high school, they really tried to emphasize this. And I remember like talking to my counselor about it, all these like programs they used to do. Another thing um, about having a positive mindset is that it creates resilience. So when you have this positive attitude, you'll have this ability to bounce back from, you know, minor challenges and setbacks and even bigger challenges and setbacks. I would say that resilience is a crucial life skill, and it serves you well in navigating the ups and downs of adolescence and even beyond. Um, You know, I've seen a lot of family members of mine practice resilience, and that's something I'm trying to deal with too, especially as, you know, things happen. And another thing is healthy coping, and positivity encourages healthy coping mechanisms like seeking help when needed, 
practicing self-care, finding constructive ways to manage stress. And I would say that these skills are essential for maintaining balance and managing the pressures of being a teenager, which I know it can be really hard and very confusing. Another thing that positive mindset will help you with are healthier relationships with friends, family, and peers. And honestly, I would say that positivity will have this, it will make you effectively communicate how you're feeling, as well as feeling more empathy for other people and understanding. I would say that these three things are how I've like maintained friendships over so many years now. And I would just always practice having this positive mindset about relationships. Next thing um, a positive mindset helps you with is academic performance. I've experienced this firsthand. Um, Maintaining a positive attitude can really help your academic performance. It'll help your motivation to learn, help you set and achieve goals, and enhance your overall focus and concentration. I would get super panicked, especially in like 10th and 11th grade over math tests because I I was never really that strong at math. And then I would practice these like breathing exercises every time I'd go into class because when I was just way more relaxed, you know, talk to my friends before, talk to my family before a test, I would just perform better and it's proven. I know also that a lot of teenagers struggle with transitionary periods like I am like such as starting you know a new school I'm definitely pretty nervous about moving and my life changing but one thing that helps is talking to my friends talking to my family about it and I'd say that communication you know articulating how you're feeling to someone you trust is like the one thing that would help you in life and I always get really good advice from the ones I love and that's why it's so important to have like a support system around you And other than just like talking to people and communicating how you feel, there are more ways to stay positive. So one is to actually learn from the role models around you. Like I'm sure there's people in your life who inspire you. Like even they could be public figures, you know, like historical figures or even like fictional characters, which I know um, growing up, I always identified with my favorite book series and favorite TV shows. Learning about their journeys and mindset can really motivate you to maintain a positive outlook. Um, personally, like in my life, I would say that one of my biggest role models is like, are my grandparents. Um, I've always been close to them, my grandpa and my grandma from my mom's side um, and my grandma from my dad's side. All of them really influenced me my entire life and taught me how to write, which is, you know, a really big outlet for me. And I can just unleash all my feelings onto paper. Another thing that we'll be talking about, too, is practicing positive self-talk and self-compassion. So try to challenge those negative thoughts with positive and realistic self-talk. I know it's like easy to criticize yourself, but you wouldn't treat your your friend like that. So treat yourself with the same kindness and understanding that you would offer to someone you love. Be forgiving of your mistakes and embrace being compassionate about yourself. I was really hard on myself during high school and I wish I could change that. I feel like If I just took things a little easier, I would have had a way more positive experience. Another thing for positivity is expressing yourself creatively. So channel your emotions and thoughts into outlets like writing or drawing or even making videos. Expressing yourself creatively can be cathartic and help you process all these big, confusing feelings in life. For me, um, I was really lucky to find Express Yourself Radio, which is exactly the place where I felt very, you know, 
that I belonged to, where I could just talk about things I was passionate about and help other teenagers as I did so. Another thing that helps to stay positive as well is exploring nature. Um, I'm not much of an outdoors person, but especially after like a long day, I do love connecting with nature, you know, just hiking, biking, or just going for a walk even can have a very calming and rejuvenating effect on your mood. Another thing that helps, I'd say, is practicing time management. So learning to manage your time effectively can reduce your stress and even help you accomplish goals. Prioritize tasks, break them into manageable steps, and celebrate your achievements along the way. Don't take, don't put too much on your plate immediately. Um, for college, I'm not taking as many units my first semester. I'm taking 13 when the max you can take is like 17. 13 is like the minimum you can take. And the reason I did that is because, you know, I'm adjusting to a completely new environment. Like I'm not going to be so hard in myself that I feel the need to overload immediately. Also, make sure you celebrate those small wins in life. Don't underestimate the power of celebrating even the smallest of achievements, like cleaning your room when it's been weeks since you've done it. Recognizing and rewarding your progress can boost your confidence and positivity. Another thing that helps is creating a vision board. So there's like an app for this called Pinterest. You can like pin like pictures and videos. It's basically like visualizing your goals and aspirations by creating a board with images and words that represent what you want to achieve. Um, when I was in high school, I would have like a vision board of New York City because that's where I wanted to go to college. But that was my goal at the time. Obviously, it changes along the way. And I'm not going to college in New York anymore, but I'm still very content with where I ended up. Um, also, I say limiting social media really helps. I know it can be fun and I'm addicted as well, but I can definitely make you feel very negative because you're constantly, you know, exposed to media, which can be kind of negative. And especially for younger teenagers, I'd say it can definitely, definitely affect development. So that's why I would say consume this media, you know, that will make you feel happier. A lot of the times we see something, it subconsciously affects our moods. And we sometimes have this like narrow perspective on the world that everything's going bad because we're like information is so accessible. But if you like go outside, talk to people, you'll see that it's really not as bad as, you know, the media can make it seem. Two positive TV shows I feel like um, are important to watch as a teenager that I've watched and helped are Heartstopper and One Day at a Time. Heartstopper is like relatively new, actually came out like when I was 16 or 17, but I'd say for young teenagers, it's really helpful, especially if you're part of the LGBT community, because it's about two teenage boys, Nick and Charlie, who like fall in love and have this supportive friend group and they navigate trials and tribulations that come with being gay, but luckily they have the safety net that wants them to be happy. It's like a cheesy, like happy show that you don't have to really think so deeply about while watching. And does handle some like serious issues as well. So um, it's kind of a good balance. Another one is One Day at a Time. I think I probably mentioned it on Express Yourself as well, because I watched this when I was like 14, 15, and it definitely taught me a lot about like mental health problems such as PTSD and alcoholism. It ha also has a good balance of showing how important family is and how you can handle these problems. And also I'd say, feel free to create your own work about positivity. For example, a few months ago, I wrote this poem about appreciating the little things, so I'd like to read that out loud. Here it goes. My dear friends and I were sitting outside a department store when I noticed the young girl in the red cart. 
Her father was humming and she was beaming so widely that her face was all dimple. In her hands was a light blue t-shirt which she nuzzled against her cheek. I silently wish she'd sigh that contentedly her entire life. There was melancholy for a second as I yearned for when a singular item would bring me such joy. But as I watched her father roll the cart away, my friend had her head on my shoulder and my other friend smiled softly in a way I had to photograph in my mind. I thought of my aching legs from shopping could lie on my bed earlier and how I'd kiss my mother hello when I entered the house. My grandparents would be watching TV and ask me for details about my day. The little girl has not yet realized love is not a given. There is an element of luck to aging for I have, yet she still must have known the shirt was a token of her father's affection. She was cherishing it, keeping it close. I'm trying to be as wise with the possessions in my life brought to me by fate and simplicity. And if I'm lucky, those two will always be interchangeable. I hope you enjoyed that. And that's all the time we have for this segment. Make sure you stay tuned for our next segment where life coach Savi Kumar will give us helpful advice about staying positive. And remember, we want to hear your thoughts and we want to hear your questions. So email us at info at That's info at Check out our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at bethestaryouare.org. You can even get involved with the Be The Star You Are charity, buy books and t-shirts in our store, sign up for our free newsletter and make a donation to Be The Star You Are. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us follow us on instagram at voice america talk radio and see what we're cooking up for you You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm your host, Ruhani. 
Right now, I'll be talking with Vasabi Kumar. And Vasabi Kumar is a life coach and licensed therapist with a myriad of in-person, print, televised, and social media experience. She's a first-generation Indian American growing up on Long Island, and she was diagnosed with bipolar disorder at the age of 19. That's when she learned to become extremely self-aware and take action to create the life she wanted for herself. She lives in Austin, Texas. It's so nice to talk to you, Vasabi. Thank you, Ruhani. And, and also, it's Vasavi, just for everyone listening. But thank you so much for having me on. Um, let's just get started. So why is it important to talk to yourself and more so out loud? It's important to talk to yourself out loud so you can hear what you're saying to yourself. So much of what we're saying to ourselves internally just becomes the background chatter. But when we say it out loud, we can actually distinguish what we're saying to ourselves and ask ourselves, do I want to continue talking to myself this way? You know, the goal ultimately is for us to be kinder to ourselves. And so that's why it's important that we talk to ourselves out loud. Mm-hmm. So how do we like begin to incorporate talking to ourselves out loud as a daily practice? I would say start small, you know, when you when you want to just maybe you're tired and you just, you know, and, and you're feeling moody and you don't know what's going on and you're just wanting to eat everything or maybe drink bottles of wine and just stop for a second and just ask yourself, how am I actually feeling right now? Mm-hmm. How am I actually doing right now? And see, when you actually ask that of yourself and you, you, you can hear yourself saying those words, you can't really lie to yourself in that moment because our words carry vibrations. So you can start small, start when you're in the shower, start when you're driving home. Maybe you want to, you know, make a nice sandwich and you can even say, okay, I'm going to make this when I get home. It's also really good in terms of cognitive processes as well, studies have shown. So all we're doing is regulating ourselves by using our words and talking to ourselves out loud. But you can start small. I know a lot of people might feel a little weird and they're like, I don't want people to think I'm, you know, there's something wrong with me. But so that's why, yeah, start in the privacy of your home. I love that. I actually talk to myself pretty often, especially when I'm alone. And what exactly are we supposed to tell ourselves, you think, that would help us, you know, become more positive individuals? Well, think about what you would tell anyone to help them be more positive. I mean, whatever you're saying to yourself, clearly, you know, maybe it, it, it could use a little bit of an upgrade, right? So think about what you would say to a friend. Think about if you had someone coming to you, you had a kid coming to you who looked up to you and admired you and, you know, you know, really just wanted to do a good job. How would you motivate them? Same thing. What, what would you say to that kid? You know, and that's how you should talk to yourself instead of saying to yourself, oh, you suck. You're not good at this. Instead, you'd be like, you know what? You're going to figure this out. You're someone who's really competent. Be patient. You got this. You know, there's a completely different tone of voice and attitude. Mm hmm. Yeah, I totally see that. And what are your top three tips for, you know, getting comfortable to talking to ourselves? Start small. Like I said before, start small. You can start in the comfort of your own home. Um, Number two, start with just checking in with yourself. You know, how are you feeling today? Talk to yourself like you would with a friend. And number three is expect it to be weird at first. Don't expect it to feel like it's a normal thing to do because it's, it's something that we're not encouraged to do. So I'm asking you to do something that you've been encouraged not to do. So expect it to feel a little weird and that's normal. Mm -hmm. And so when did you start practicing like this positive self-talk? Like when did you discover that it really helps you and other people? Well, it's not just positive self-talk. Okay. It's not just saying positive things to yourself. It's about giving every single part of you a voice to express itself. It's not just saying nice things. It's about really understanding 
what these parts of you are saying to you and trying to express itself through these various mediums, whether it's through um, your art, whether it's through writing, whether it's through dancing with these creative channels. I started probably when I was around 19 years old. So it really helped me slow my mind down, understanding these different parts of myself and my thoughts. You know, I had a very quick mind as a child growing up and later on as a young adult as well. So I learned how to talk to myself and really practice the art of self-talk probably around 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And how exactly did you get into this life coaching industry to help other people? Well, I had just graduated from my master's in social work, and that was back in 2010. And the coaching industry had really been taking off. And I thought it would be really great to combine both my social work skills and also this new industry, coaching, which really helps with the present and the future. So I thought I would combine my love of therapy, you know, helping people in, in, with their past, healing of their past, and then combine, you know, their present and creating their future. So that was back, you know, in my late 20s. Mm-hmm. And we also mentioned like, you know, reading about your, you know, what work you do, you talk about like talking to your triggers out loud. So how does one really do that successfully? Start, like I said, start small. But I would also say is that what you're really doing is just a different type of journaling, right? Most of us write down in journals, but this is called verbal journaling. So it's just another way of understanding your deeper thoughts, except you're, you're just using your voice. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of teenagers, they kind of express their vulnerabilities on social media with videos, pretty much like verbal journaling for millions of people to potentially see. Do you think that's like a healthy thing to do or is it something that can be more private? No, I think that, listen, I think that when you put yourself out there, people are always going to say something. I think we should allow ourselves to live our lives out loud. And if that means you want to post on social media, then post on social media, but also understand that not everyone's going to like you and that's okay because you don't like everyone, you know? So it kind of gives you the freedom to just be yourself, I think. Mm, Yeah. I definitely yeah. see that. Yeah. And I saw that like um the very thing that you know got you in trouble as a kid is now the foundation of your work. How is it that it started? Like that's a very interesting journey. Well, um well, basically when I was a kid I'd get in trouble all the time for speaking out of turn and and talking out loud. So it's just kind of funny because I rarely listen to anything my mother said. So it's just it's, it's it's just a little ironic. I was told that I talk too much, yet I wrote a book called Say It Out Loud. So, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. And let's say you weren't really encouraged to speak out loud because culturally it wasn't as acceptable. I know in a lot of South Asian communities, um, mental health, especially women's mental health, is kind of suppressed in a way. So, how do we begin to break the cycle of self suppression? by forming communities and having communities. And, you know, I have a, I have a program, for example, called Bold Voice, and it's a beautiful self-expression and um, uh, community and training program. You got to be in community of people who are also uh, trying to accomplish the same things and, and have their, have their sites set on similar values, you know? So for example, anyone who reads my book or joins my program, they're all about you know, wanting to be more bold in their life and use their voice, you know, similar to how you're doing, you know, interviewing me on this podcast, they want to use their voice to spread a positive message. So you got to be in the community of people who are, um, who are thinking the same, essentially. I totally agree. And I think these type of programs would really be helpful in, you know, middle school and high schools. So how do you think that like teachers and like counselors 
and even parents can help children and teenagers, you know, with kind of expressing themselves more. I think the best way that a parent or an adult or a teacher can help their student or child is by being the change that they want to see. So if you want your child to be more expressive and vulnerable, then it starts with you. Then you got to sit your kid down and you got to talk to your kid and you got to say, listen, I want to share something with you that I may, might have, you know, you know, I, I haven't shared or, you know, the other day I made a mistake. I shouldn't have talked to you in that way. I apologize. You got to go first. If you're expecting it from other pe- your, other people, especially your child, you know, you're the adult here. You got to you got to be the mo- be the role model here. So you got to start first. Yeah, I especially see like with immigrant parents, um, it's hard for them to be vulnerable sometimes because, you know, they grew up in. Complete... And they don't know how and they, and they actually just don't know how they how can you do something that you don't know how to do? Exactly. You know, yeah. So how do you think that like teenagers with such parents can kind of, you know, talk to their introduce this concept to their parents, you know, like becoming more open and, you know, sometimes I would say instead of trying to convince your parents or try to open up your parents' eyes, open up your own eyes first. So if you can join a free community or find a community, or if you're financially able to, you know, find, find a program or something that you can join, because you have to immerse yourself instead of trying to drag everyone along with you, become the change that you want to see and go, go get help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you think that like saying our thoughts and words out loud really have this extreme power to transform our lives? I mean, yeah, I wrote a whole book about it. You know what I mean? So this is like a, this is like a no brainer. Absolutely. I do. (laughs) Yeah. So when did you start writing the book? Like uh, what point of your life did you decide that you wanted everyone to see, you know, your beliefs? I started writing the book a year and a half ago. And I think I've always known that I had something to say. It's just a matter of timing. So yeah, it took me about a year and a half to write the book. Mm-hmm. And now that you're like releasing it and you know publicizing it, what is it like the the main message that you would want like readers, especially young readers, to take out of it? And you can do anything, no matter what. I mean, it doesn't matter. Like if you have a desire to write a book or host your own podcast or do whatever, you can do anything you want. You have to believe it, and you have to believe it in yourself. I totally agree. And, you know, bouncing back to like social media, which is like the number one tool for young people. How do you think we can use that effectively to, you know, spread that message? I think that you can you can be in control of what you put out there and what you consume. So be mindful of what you're consuming. And if you want to see change on social media and have more positive things and start putting more positive content on social media, don't wait for somebody else to do it. Do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And um how about your family? Are they supportive of the work that you put out and agree with what you're saying? Or has maybe your work even influenced them to, you know, become more open about mental health? My parents have always been open about mental health. They're the reason why I went to therapy in the first place when I was 12 years old. They're the reason why I got help when I got diagnosed when I was 19. I'm very blessed. Um, my parents are very supportive of me. Yes, they've never, they've never made me feel silly about the dreams that I have. That's great. That's great. And what advice do you have for um, you know, children who are not in a very similar situation, those who are kind of you know, shut down by their family? Then you have to get really comfortable with being alone and, not, and, and, and being okay with the fact that they're not going to maybe come around. You can't control anyone, them coming around. All you can do is go and live your life and hope that they come around. I agree. I totally agree. And um, 
It's another quote that I've heard is this, it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. It's a very familiar saying. And why is this a very important part of talking to ourselves? Because tone matters. What matters more than anything is how you say something. You could you could say one sentence 10 different ways. So it really does matter how you deliver something because if you want something to get across to somebody else, you want to say it in a way that's, that they're going to be able to digest it. And it doesn't mean you have to sugarcoat yourself. But yeah, how you say things and being intentional about the words that you use really matters. And the same goes for you. Totally agree. And thank you so much for coming onto the show. Um, You gave some very helpful advice that I'm sure many teenagers could take in. And that's it for this segment. Be sure to check out her website, www.vasavikumar.com and check out her Instagram. My name is Vasavi. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel want to see what voice america is up to behind the scenes follow us on tiktok at voice america talk radio You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm your host, Ruhani, and today's show is all about being positive. Right now, Kevin will be talking about how AI can help mental health care. Take it away, Kevin. Hi, everybody. I'm Kevin Chu, a Be The Star You Are reporter. My segment is AI and Us, which talks about how AI can and does affect our lives. Today, I'll discuss how AI can help with having a positive mindset. It's a widely accepted fact, even by those that detest AI and argue against its development, that it can do countless tasks much more efficiently than a human can, even some of the most difficult and tedious ones. Keeping code on its own, and with astonishing proficiency as well. Takes a program to know a program, I suppose. By the way, it's practically established fact that AI has a, is a much more effective worker in many areas compared to humans with their exponentially higher calculating power and inability to work at anything but max effectiveness. 
However, there are several fields that people widely agree that AI will never, or at least not for a very, very long time, be able to fully encompass and perform well in. Namely, the ones that require significant amounts of social skills, such as being a therapist would entail. And for the most part, that is true. It's highly unlikely that you're going to be confessing your deepest insecurities to Siri anytime soon, given that right now, she'd probably mishear you and give you suggestions about spaghetti, although that doesn't mean they're useless in that regard. They're actually quite proficient. However, while many people first imagine the improvement of mental health as talking to a therapist, there are many other ways as well, which is where AI can help even more. First off, the causes of stress and mental unwellness. While they can be, as often shown in shows and movies, life-changing and traumatic events, which AI may struggle to help with, they can simply be the result of unhealthy habits just as often. For instance, setting unrealistically high goals for yourself that are impossible to fill can take a very large toll on one's mental health over time, especially if you are somebody that tends to take pride themselves on their high capability and independence. Those feelings of failure and incompetence cause a person to set even higher goals next time around to make up for it, leading to even deeper negative feelings, resulting in a vicious self-consuming cycle. AI can help with this. Imagine having a personal digital assistant that helps you set achievable goals based on your capabilities and circumstances. AI algorithms can analyze your past achievements, work patterns, and personal preferences to just realistic objectives that align with your growth trajectory. By setting achievable goals, you're more likely to experience a sense of accomplishment and boost your confidence, ultimately contributing to a positive mindset. Furthermore, AI can assist in cultivating healthy habits. It can track your daily routines, sleep patterns, and physical activities. If it detects irregularities or potential sources of stress, it can provide personalized recommendations for improving your lifestyle. Whether it's suggesting mindfulness exercises, reminding you to take breaks, or encouraging regular exercise, AI acts as a digital wellness coach that nudges you toward better habits. Hopefully, Milano Double Dark Chocolate counts as one of those habits. Anyway, it's not just about individual habits. AI can contribute to building supportive communities as well. Online forums and platforms powered by AI can connect individuals with similar interests or challenges, creating spaces for sharing experiences and coping strategies. These virtual communities offer a sense of belonging and understanding, fostering a positive environment where people uplift each other, similar to a wellness group, but just digitally. Additionally, let's not forget the power of AI in providing timely reminders and gentle nudges. How often have we gotten caught, so caught up in our own teens that we forget to take a moment for ourselves? I certainly have. I once finished up an essay about 5 a.m. Granted, that was a slightly special situation. I procrastinated it. And not exactly the same, but you can kind of get it. Hopefully. Actually, just forget I said anything at all. Moving on, AI-enabled devices can send you friendly reminders to practice deep breathing, go for a walk, or engage in a hobby you love. These micro-breaks can significantly reduce stress levels and contribute to maintaining a positive outlook on life. Furthermore, AI is getting better at understanding emotions through text and speech analysis. Imagine venting out your frustrations to a chatbot and responds with empathy and relevant suggestions. While it may not replace human connection, it can offer immediate support during those moments when you need it most. While it's true that AI might not replace human therapists, it can certainly complement their efforts. Advanced chatbots equipped with natural language processing and sentiment analysis can engage in meaningful conversations with their users. These chatbots can provide a safe space for individuals to express their emotions and thoughts, offering coping strategies, common exercises, and helpful resources. For those who might hesitate to share their struggles with others, AI and platforms serve as non-judgmental listeners, bridging the gap between seeking help and maintaining privacy. Perfect for those whose friends have social skills the equivalent of a blind, deaf, and the suspicious ability to drive a tow truck. Furthermore, AI is driving innovation in mental health diagnostics. 
and machine learning algorithms can analyze patterns in speech, text, and even facial expressions to identify subtle signs of emotional distress. Early detection of such signs can lead to timely interventions, preventing minor stressors from stress escalating into more significant issues. These technologies not only support individuals in their journey toward well-being, but also provide valuable insights to health professionals, allowing them to offer more precise and effective treatments. Beyond individual experiences, AI is reshaping the landscape of virtual mental health support communities. Online platforms backed by AI can curate personalized content and match users with peers who share similar experiences. These platforms foster a sense of solidarity, allowing individuals to learn from other stories, gain new perspectives, and discover coping strategies that resonate with them. The power of collective wisdom and shared experiences contributes to a more positive and empowered mindset. As we explore the potential of AI in enhancing one's well-being, it's also crucial to address ethical considerations, ensuring data privacy, minimizing algorithmic biases, maintaining transparency in AI-driven mental health solutions are paramount to ensure that mental welfare is fully preserved and the patient never feels like they have to worry about being judged or watched. In essence, a convention, a confession booth in a church. What is said in the booth stays in the booth. In conclusion, the integration of AI in a pursuit of a positive mindset is a dynamic journey the innovation, possibilities, and collaborative efforts. By harnessing AI's capabilities to set achievable goals, cultivate healthy habits, optimize reminders, and provide empathetic support, we can forge a path to the wellness that aligns with demand in the modern world. As the AI continues to evolve, it's up to us to use it in a way that benefits the world and the people that live in it. As Oppenheimer said, the people of this world must unite or they will perish, which, coming from the creator of the most devastating weapon in history, perhaps second like place to AI only, is very convincing. It has potential to bound us, so we must put boundaries on it ourselves to ensure a brighter future for us and the generations to come. Thank you for listening to my Kev talk. Wow, Kevin, that was so interesting. And you always know so much about AI, which I love to hear about. And I'm really interested in AI and mental health care. So how do you envision the role of AI in mental health care evolving over the next decade? Well, obviously, the functions that they have right now become more advanced, emotional detection, you know, talk with you, know, talk with you realistically, offering emotional support. Obviously, those kinds of functions become more advanced. And one thing that might change not less with uh, opening up to AI, not with the AI itself, but how people think of it, is how people would feel more comfortable with reach, with explaining to you. Because with therapists, you're talking to an actual human. And even if you, you sign a privacy agreement, you'll still... It's, Many people who are suffering from traumas or insecurities might feel very unhappy or very stressed out by having to reveal those insecurities to somebody else that is practically a stranger to them. And even if the fact, the fact that it's a stranger does help a little, they'll probably still feel stressed about it. But with an AI, there's it's literally its, it's sole purpose is literally to only care for you and help you. And so there's pretty much no risk of anybody ever finding out that any of your securities. And that might help a lot with uh people who are looking for mental health care, things like that. I see, I see. And what breakthroughs or advancements in AI technology could have the most profound impact on improving mental health outcomes? Uh, one of the most uh, impactful improvements would be uh, advancements in both natural language processing and emotional recognition understanding, both which would make a much more effective chatbot, a good accurately know what emotions you're feeling and how to take care of them and how exactly to convey that you're being cared for, you're loved, like you're a good person, things like that. And another uh, 
portion that can help is uh, have you have you heard of something called flooding in psychology? Essentially, a, pro- a therapy therapy process where uh, if a person has trauma or certain fear, they're simply uh, overflooded with that fear. Like if you, if you're scared of spiders, then you'd be put into a room full of spiders, something like that. And one way in which AI can help with that is through VR therapy. And with advancements in VR and AI can help with uh, flooding therapy therapies and make them much more effective and uh, and useful. In addition, AI enhanced brain imaging would also help. Because oftentimes, if there's a mental issue, it will also show in the brain. Sometimes they may a certain part of the brain may be smaller or larger or hormones are off. And unless you do a brain scan, it's very hard to see that. And if this change is very small, then it's going to be very difficult to find out what the issue is. But with AI enhancements, the brain imaging, it can make a brain, a brain scanning a lot easier and more effective than it is, than it is right now. I see. And do you think that AI can effectively replace human therapists and counselors in providing emotional support and therapy? Or do you think there's more of an intrinsic value in human connection that AI cannot replicate? Uh, I'd say it depends on what the what the person who's looking for mental health or the patient is looking for. If they're looking for if they if they are looking for a human connection to you know someone who will genuinely comfort with them, then I think human therapists will help them more because in the end, an AI is just an AI, and unless they're designed to, they don't have any personal feelings or emotions towards you. You are simply another patient, and if you're somebody who, who wants to look for somebody who you want to have a genuine sort of friendship or somebody who genuinely cares for you, then then human therapists will be much more effective than AI therapists. But for somebody who just wants to somebody to talk to or let out their insecurities to without being judged, then I feel an AI therapist would be much more effective because, like I said before, they're an AI. They can't really judge you at all because they don't have any personal biases or anything like that. So I'd say that... Uh, there is this clear difference in, in between AIs and humans, AI and human therapists. And, but whether it's more effective or not depends on the patient themselves. I, I agree. Um, I definitely think that human connection is so important and that it will stay even if AI advances. Um, what steps do you think can be taken to mitigate algorithmic biases that might affect the accuracy of AI-driven mental health interventions? Well, first off, the diverse data is obviously a plus because if you target only a certain group, like let's say if you target only a group like males, then you probably then the AI is probably going to only be able to deal with male male mental issues very well and not deal very well with uh, how any mental issues like women might have maybe, or just different ethnic groups or anything like that. There might not be much difference, maybe, but diverse data, ethnically, sexually, culturally, anything like that can help, especially with with help um, data from different health conditions, different mental health conditions. Because different mental health conditions will obviously have very different effects and ways need to treat it. And furthermore, any other biases that I help would be those ethical framework and guidelines, mainly just privacy, because you don't want... Uh, because if there's no privacy and we should know, then it's not really much point having the uh, uh, AI therapist. 
I see. And what do you think are the potential risks and benefits of relying heavily on AI for mental health support? And how do we balance these factors? Uh, I'd say one of the potential risks, I'd say, it, well, one of the obvious potential risks is that people become more attached to AI and start to look to AI more for social interaction and uh, I guess providing in them rather than talking to anybody actually close to them who might help them, like friends or family. In the end, they might separate themselves and start relying on AI, which is kind of an issue already in social media. And I feel like an AI therapist could very much exacerbate that issue. And one in a way to balance that out would be to just, to, I guess, do what people, what people are advising you to do when you're in social media too much, just go outside, learn, uh, to times talk to your friends and family, like talk to them at dinner, don't have no phones during dinner, no devices during dinner, stuff like that. Thank you so much for that, Kevin. It was very informative, but unfortunately, unfortunately we're out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our audio engineer, Andrew. Thanks to our guests from across the world and a huge, huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about the Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. Make sure you talk to yourself with love and positivity. Say it out loud. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself